this morning from the Word in Song. And uh, as we open up the, uh, the Word of God this morning, um, I pray that the Lord would speak fresh and anew to our heart, uh, that He would encourage us, but that He would draw us into a, a closer walk with Him, um, that it would have a, a work, a perfect work in our lives this morning. I want you to stand with me as we honor the reading of God's Word and find James chapter 1. James chapter 1, and we're primarily going to be in just one scripture, but I'm going to read, um, I'm going to read from verse 12 through 13 so we get a little bit of context, and actually we could, we could probably read on through the first chapter there. But we'll do, uh, we'll read verse 12 through 18. I'm preaching on this subject this morning, one, one. Just think about that for a moment. The, the strength of one, the power of one. A lot of times we ask, well, what can one person do? I, I pray this morning that you would be encouraged from the Word of God of just how important one is. In verse 12 of James chapter 1, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted that I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. And then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of His own will He brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of His creatures. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your word. And this morning, God, I pray that Lord, your thoughts would be my thoughts, that, Lord, you would put your words in my mouth, that I would speak boldly the truth of your word, and again, Lord, that it would have its perfect work in our heart. Lord, we live in interesting times, uh, times in which we think that we can't know the truth or that there is no absolute uh, truth. Uh, Lord, we know different than that. Uh, we live in a time of skepticism. Lord, we live in a time of, of hopelessness and despair. Lord, we live in a time where, where people are looking for a lot of answers and yet we oftentimes are looking to the wrong places and in the wrong direction. And I pray this morning that, Lord, as we have gathered today, that, Lord, you would instruct us to be your vessel, to be your mouthpiece, Lord, to be your hands and your feet, to bring your word to the ears of this generation that they might not perish, but they would repent, and that they would know eternal life as those of us who profess and confess you today do. Lord, may you be glorified in what is preached today. In Jesus' name we pray, and you may be seated. Well, if you're keeping notes today, there are but three major points. And yet within those three 
major points were all focused on the same thing, one, one. Now, if we were to go on and we were to begin to read here, we were to pick up in verse 19, the scriptures would teach us in James in particular here about the need to be obedient. As a matter of fact, the whole, the whole first chapter is really about that. He says, so then my beloved brethren, in verse 19, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive the meekness, the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Be doers of the word, amen, and not just hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man, observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Don't, in other words, don't raise your hand and shout hallelujah, say amen, and go to Walmart today and lose your testimony because somebody tells you instead of double bagging, you just need to use less items and use more bags, okay? I know that doesn't make sense, but in a situation like that, silence is really golden, okay? But that's about the only time silence is golden. No, he says, be a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. And verse 23, for if anyone is a hearer of the word, not a doer, he forgets, right? So, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, verse 25, and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Again, the tongue is powerful, isn't it? With that same thing between our teeth, we praise God, we curse God, we can encourage and build up, or we can yell and scream and make a mess of something. The tongue is but a little thing, right? A little member. But as the scriptures teach us, it will set the whole world on fire, right? The ship, we know it, right? The Word tells us. The ship, massive, huge, turned by just a small rudder, relatively speaking, to the side of that ship. No, bridle your tongue. If you can't do that, your religion is useless. Again, shared with the Sunday school class this morning, people are not interested in what you say. They're interested in what you are doing and how we live the life that we say we possess in Jesus Christ. Verse 27, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans, and widows in their trouble, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Help those who are struggling, take care of the widow, take care of the orphan. Uh, and, and in other words, uh, don't be like the world. To, to have fellowship, as John would say, to have fellowship with the world is enmity with God. Uh, lots of instruction. Big picture, James 1. Be obedient. Be obedient. Now, in light of that, I want us to go back to verse 12 and think about that one verse. I've said this before often. I've, I've used this quote a number of times, but I love it. Uh, D.L. Moody made this statement. He said, the world has yet to see a man completely surrendered and voted, devoted to the Word of God. And by the grace of God, by the Spirit of God, I aim to be that man. God desires for us to be that one man, one woman who makes an impactful difference for the Lord Jesus. And we do that through our obedience. 
And when we look at verse 12, notice how it begins. It begins with blessed. I mean, a lot of folks today are needing and looking for a blessing. And, and you don't have to give me money to get it. Amen? No. He says, blessed is the man who endures temptation. He would go on to say there, in that entire first chapter, that being obedient unto the Lord is difficult. And if we are to ultimately receive the gifts of heaven, the reward of heaven, it is to the person who would endure. We, we want to be blessed. We say we want to be blessed. The scriptures say, blessed is the man. Now let's just zero in on that for a moment. Blessed is the man, one person, you, me, as an individual. In that, we can certainly see here the personal nature of our salvation. We, we're about to uh, enter into the fall, and uh, football will start, and the bandwagons will grow, especially for Georgia fans. All them haters, you never bought that 1980 Coca-Cola. Okay, get off the bandwagon, okay? You don't have that 1980 Coca-Cola, there is no seat for you. I'm sorry. If you did not endure all the pain and the suffering, you cannot rejoice in back-to-back championships. I'm just sorry, but you can't. But we understand bandwagon fans, right? Do you realize churches have that? Do you realize the church has bandwagon fans? Can I tell you something this morning? God's not looking for fans. God's looking for disciples. God's looking for people of faith to exercise that faith. And here's the reality of that. When we talk about the personal nature of salvation, it is between you and the Lord. Do you realize you can sit in a church and you can be just as lost as anyone out here living for themselves? Being in this building today does not make you a Christian. It doesn't. Uh, bandwagon Christians don't make heaven because it's not based on what others are doing. It's based on what you've done, right? Somebody, you, Moms and dads, we can't own the sin of our children. We can't confess their sin. That, that is something that has to be done between them and the Lord. And the scriptures tell us that, that if we do that, we are blessed. Not to mention just in general today. Just think about it for a moment. How blessed are you today? Man, we could, we could no doubt name off things in our lives that maybe we would love to change. But we've been blessed. If, if all we have is just Jesus, that's just enough. Everything on top of that is a dear, sweet blessing of the Lord. Um, I shared this Wednesday night, but the, the idea of this message came from uh, a devotion that my older boys have been doing about obedience and and they call me uh, daily and we'll do the devotion uh, I'll be in in the truck driving Bluetooth not holding my phone Bluetooth and uh, anyway we'll do that that devotion and and they'll pray and I want to tell you dads there is nothing sweeter than hearing your children pray to talk to God and I mean I mean just to hear their Tender heart, talk to the Lord. 
And man, when I hang up the phone, I am so blessed. I'm so encouraged. And I just praise the Lord for that. And, and we think about our health. We think about just how the grace of God has befallen you and me. I mean, how good God has been to, the, to His people, to His children. Uh, blessed is the man, individually. Now, now say this in, in light of who is writing this epistle. James is given authorship under the inspiration of God of this epistle. And as I understand it, I wasn't there, but I'm going to take somebody's word for it, okay? But as I understand it, James here is, is a sibling of, of Jesus. He's a half-brother to Jesus in that, you know, different dads, right? Boy, I tell you, I think about James growing up with Jesus. You ever think Mary just said, James, why can't you be like Jesus? It would certainly have been easy to do. Maybe that did happen. I know this about James. James spent all of his life, in, in a sense, around Jesus and never came to faith until he walked out of that grave and fell. Are you, are you hearing this this morning? You mean to tell me that I can grow up with Jesus and miss it? I'm a member of Liberty Baptist Church. Okay. That's great. I'm, I'm grateful. But you know, we got a book back here that says there's about 535 members in this church. Now, I just want you to take a look around. I don't think we could fit that many people in here. But I've been here for 15 years. I have not seen 535 different people come through that door. As a matter of fact, Early on in my ministry, I introduced myself to a few people and they told me, I've been a member of that church for 30 years. Okay. Well, I'm sorry, I've only been here seven. Sorry I've missed you. I went witnessing with my youth group many years ago on a Sunday evening. Knocked on a door. Introduced myself. And I, one, of, one of my students was with me, and, and we said, we're from so-and-so church here, and we, we just wanted to invite you to church, and, and, and if there's something we could pray with you about. Uh, oh, you're from, so yeah, I, I'm a member of that church. And I thought, and, and the, the look that that young man turned to me, like, he didn't know what to do with that. I mean, we're out here hoping to, Finding church. We finding folks that say they're a member of the church. We're out here representing. James spent it with Jesus and didn't come to saving faith until after the resurrection. I don't know about you, but that's pretty astounding to me. That's amazing to me. And how you could spend that much time and witness what he did. And maybe he was like, well, you know, certainly me being kin to him on the earthly side here, certainly the Lord wouldn't allow me to perish. 
You picking it up this morning? What's being laid down? It's not about your association. We put so much on associations, don't we, today? I mean, I said it out loud. I said it out loud. So today, all of you on your Facebook feed, you're going to get an invite from, uh, you know, the NRA and the AARP and the, uh, the CCP, which is the Democrat Party, the fundraising aspect. No, did I say that? I said that, didn't I? Anyway, your, your feed's going to be filled with things today. We love associations, don't we? You know, you get your RV, you got to be a member of the Good Sam Club. And they tell you that if you uh, strike out on a trip and you forgot to check the lug nuts and all the wheels fall off, they're the only people out here that's going to come to you and say, you know, I know you're an idiot, but we're going to pay for it all. I'm just going to tell you, that ain't going to happen. i got a good friend that's an insurance agent, and he'll just tell me, I can't do nothing about that. I can't do nothing for that. I mean, I like what I do, okay? It's no way. Everybody, we like associations, don't we? It's not about the group. It's about you personally. The personal relationship between you and the Lord. Blessed is the man. Blessed is you, the individual. Second of all, again, just to qualify this a little bit more, this relationship is with the one Jesus, exclusively with Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way. You know, that's singular. I'm not just the way. I'm not one of many ways. I am the way. That is a 2,000-year-old ground, fundamental, ground zero doctrine of Christianity. Without that, you've got, you got a lot of stuff, but you don't have Christianity. The exclusivity nature of that statement. Jesus said that, not a preacher. I am the way. He never ran away from that statement. People may, Jesus never did. I am the way. I am the truth. We're searching for truth. Jesus says, I am that absolute truth. I am the life. Everybody's looking for something. He says, I give you eternal life. The exclusively one way of Jesus. Not church at large, not a building, not a group, not a small group. You and the Lord. As a matter of fact, if you turn back to Ephesians chapter 4 here, we see one a little more. It, it, it fleshes itself out a little further. Notice in verse 4 of Ephesians 4 here, he says, There is one body, one spirit. Just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord. One faith. One baptism. One God. And Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. And notice in verse 7. But to each one, to each one came grace that gifted you and me. One relationship between you and the Lord Jesus. Nothing else. We believe in that principle that separated the people of God from, from, from every other institution. We believe 
by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus alone for salvation. There's a lot of other things in the Word of God that we're called to do. But those things are exclusive to what makes you saved. By doing those things, you are not saved. Matter of fact, those things are, as far as the ordinances, those, those are reserved for the saved. Exclusively for the saved. The power of unity. That one relationship with Jesus, that one personal relationship with Jesus. He says, blessed is the man. And in Ephesians 4 there, when we look at verse 7, we see this. We see one graceful measure of his gift. And he goes on to say how he gets his gift. Some to be preachers and apostles and prophets and those things. And at the time of the writing, there were apostles walking around living among them. There is an interesting one in the book of Acts. His name was Barnabas. Probably all of us heard of Barnabas. I don't know that I've ever met a child named Barnabas, Joe. We, uh, we, we, we kind of went into venture into some interesting names today, but I don't know that I've ever met somebody outside the word named Barnabas. Those of you who are looking for boy names in the future, just throwing that out there. Here's something interesting about old Barnabas. Speaking of the power of God's personal calling. The difference that one can make. It's it's interesting to me, in the scriptures, in the book of Acts, his name is mentioned 23 times. In Paul's letters, his name is mentioned five times. But Barnabas wasn't his real name. His name was actually Joseph. Do you know who nicknamed him Barnabas? The apostles did. Now we we believe in nicknames and some of you don't need to tell me what your nickname has been in the past. Certainly you do not need my older brother to tell you the nicknames of his siblings growing up. Okay, Certainly not in this environment. We're familiar with nicknames, you know. You can't hardly nickname anybody anymore. Everybody gets offended. But, you know, back, back in our day, we, if, if there was something odd about you, that was kind of your nickname. I mean, I went to school with a guy a couple years older than me. No joke. Now, his, his nickname was Not. Not. And the reason why is because he had a big knot on his head. And he wasn't offended by it. He was not offended. I went to school with a guy, we called him Gadget because his glasses could burn insects on other planets. No joke. We love Gadget. He, I don't know, my, my nickname growing up was Sam. My, my oldest brother, if he ever got, he was about like Donald Trump about nicknames. If he gave you a nickname, it stuck with you. To this day, we go home and we're, we're messing around with mom, and we'll, we'll, we'll start to eat Mazda Mesa. That's, that's, what, that's what he used to call my Mazda Mesa. You know. 
Brother Kevin, he was juiced. Did not look like O.J. Simpson in any way, but he was juiced. Ben's, Ben's here today. Old Ben was Jimmy Mack. He got that name from us growing up and getting up and eating our cereal, watching TBS in the morning, and Motown Soul would come on the commercial. Jimmy Mack, when are you coming back? That's his nickname. He named me Sam. I have no idea. But it stuck so much that when he got married, his wife, when he introduced me as Steve, she kept saying, well, where's Sam? Where's Sam? Nicknames just kind of, they kind of stick with you. Well, well, Barnabas was like that. Nobody knew him as Joseph. Everybody knew he was Barnabas because the apostles nicknamed him that because he was always encouraging others. Always encouraging others. Here's some interesting things about Barnabas. Barnabas sold his own personal property, gave the money to fund the early work, the apostles. Uh, Barnabas, when he would set out to uh, be a missionary, he would fund his own mission so that the struggling young church would not have to. Barnabas was the one who recommended Paul to the apostles to receive him as a faithful brother. Now you understand why that was important. Saul was out, Saul was out here persecuting the church and everybody was a little skeptic. And Barnabas said, you know what? I've been around Paul and this man, is he's legit. He's received Christ and y'all should welcome him in. In other words, uh, you, have you ever benefited from somebody else's reputation? That I mean, you know, you, you were kind of, I mean underqualified, you met the qualifications, but they were more qualified people than you, but because you knew someone that could vouch for your work ethic personally, and that got you over the finish line. I've benefited from that. And that ain't white privilege, by the way. That's called valuable. When people know and, and you've got a, a, some type of history of what you do, that goes a long way. And Barnabas said, hey, I'll stake my reputation on the legitimacy of Paul. Can you imagine? Can you imagine our New Testament without the influence of Paul? That, that, that God would use Barnabas in this way. And when Barnabas and Paul there in Acts would, would sharply disagree over whether John Mark could accompany him on his next missionary journey, it was Barnabas who said, look, you take Silas, John Mark, go with me. I mean, in other words, John Mark had quit, he had left, he had fallen short, and Paul said, I, don't, I can't use that. I need somebody I can have confidence in. And right now, John Mark ain't that person. And you can kind of imagine if you were on the, 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 that receiving end of the Apostle Paul saying, you ain't coming with me, Jack. You quit. 
And, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but I need somebody that I can count on, and it ain't you, man. I'm sorry. And, you know, old John Mark could have just never heard of him anymore, just stumbled off into the sunset, and nobody ever hears about John Mark anymore. But that's not what happened. Barnabas didn't allow that to happen. The power of one man to say, no, you can come with me to disciple him to the point that later in his ministry, Paul would actually ask for John Mark. Isn't that something? The power of an encouraging soul. See, folks, you, 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 you have an impact. And we can make an amazing impact and influence if we'll choose to do that. Tomorrow will be a week ago that uh, we laid to rest uh, Rick Buckley. Some of you may have known Rick. He was an attorney that practiced here. His dad was for years. And Rick was kind of, he, he didn't practice for, for several years because of his health. And, but I remember Rick because he came into my life as a, when I was very young. And I had the privilege of, of, of seeing his children come to know the Lord and be baptized. And Rick was a good friend to me. And more than a good friend to me, Rick was my Barnabas. Other people knew him as Rick Buckley. Well, I knew him as Richard Barnabas Buckley. Because he was an encouragement to me. And I mean, early in my ministry, when quite frankly... I needed some encouragement. He did. I mean, he, he believed that the, the, the style or the way that, 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 that God had gifted me to preach the gospel that others should hear about that. And it was, it was him with his own resources that would, that would take that and edit it down and put it on the radio. And man, let me tell you. If you think recording yourself in a tape recorder sounds bad, listen to yourself on the radio. I sounded like the biggest hick. I straight out of Shabagi, man. I mean, bad. But he, he, he believed in, in what the Lord was doing in my life. And that, that time that I... been there before where sometimes where you would, you would think encouragement would come from it wouldn't but he encouraged me and when God would move me on and even when the Lord would bring me here uh, Rick would, would come often but eventually him and his family they, they you know did what they needed to do I guess it kind of felt like that the Lord had put me in a place that was where I needed to be. About a month or so ago, he was in the hospital, critical condition. They weren't really expecting him to leave the hospital. And so I went and seen him. And I sat down there with him and I just, I just wept. And I said, I want you to know what a blessing you have been to my life. And I want to tell you, brother, there were times that I honestly felt like quitting. 
and you, you encouraged me to keep going. And just with the biggest smile on his face, and if I, I don't know that I ever saw him when he didn't have a smile on his face, to be honest with you, but he would, he just in that state, he said, look, I know I'm not going to be here much longer, but things are right with me and the Lord, and I am just overjoyed at how the Lord has blessed you and your family and your ministry. And I'm thinking, man, I'm, I came up here to pray with you and to encourage you, and I'm leaving here. I'm running over, man. The encouragement that you can be to a fellow brother or a fellow sister in the faith. Amazing impact and influence. See, one is important. One is so important. There was one crucifixion, one resurrection, only one Savior. 1 Timothy 2, 5 and 6 says that there is one God, one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all. That includes you and me, individually, personally. That day on Golgotha's hill, as our Lord bled in agony, there was but one thief that called on his name. My friend, there is only one life this side of heaven, and you and I are living it. One chance, one opportunity to make the right choice. Because how we live in this life, and what we do with that one mediator that is Jesus Christ, one Lord, one Savior, determines where we'll spend eternity. Are you saved? You know, it's interesting that those who died yesterday, they had made plans for today. Those that perished this morning, I bet you they had plans for this evening. That's why the scriptures say that today's the day, and now is the appointed time. Are you saved? To save man today, notice what verse 12 says there in James 1. He says, blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he, you as an individual, we will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. We often talk about how we want to hear the Lord say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. And we understand in the context, God's not talking to others. He's talking to you. See, there's only one judgment seat of Christ where our works are judged. What, what reward is there left? What has been done with that graceful measure of gifts that, that a reward will be received from? That's, that's not preacher talk. That's, that's Jesus Jesus Himself will reward. It's His heaven. It's His glory. It's His gifts. He can do what He wants to. But if there's one judgment seat, 
if there's that one opportunity there to, to appear before Him at that judgment seat of Christ. If we want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, then there needs to be some doing well. There needs to be motivation. There needs to be surrender and commitment that, that, that brings about conviction to see the work of God in our life completed. Not in our strength, in His. But James spends that very first chapter in particular so that you and I would know this. God demonstrated His love for us and that while we were sinners, He died for us. And the way that we tell God we love Him is through our obedience. That's how we do it. If you love me, you keep my commandments. And hey, heaven in and of itself is enough. But the Lord says, I'll, I'll award you even more abundantly. I'll reward you even more abundantly. We tell God we love Him by our obedience. I'll, I'll close with this. I'll go back to, to old D.L. Moody. A lot of people who met him, they didn't like the way he spoke. They didn't like the way he did things. There were, there were people in, in, in the church in which he pastored that they liked to pass notes in the offering plate to him, you know. And, of course, the offering plate is to take up an offering unto the Lord. It's not a post office, right? So, and he used to get all these notes. And, and one day, there was just written on a, on a piece of paper, it said, fool. And he held it up and he said, you know, I'm used to getting notes, but this is the first time one's been signed and nothing's been written. Here's interestingly, though, about him. For a man who many said he couldn't impact people for the Lord, Here's a man who impacted two continents for Jesus. Here's a man who heard many people say, I don't like the way you do such and such and such and such. And when he would say, well, you know, what are you doing? Well, we're, we're not doing anything. Okay, well, I like the way I'm doing something better than you not doing anything. Amen? One. One person. Choosing to be stirred by the conviction of the Holy Spirit to accomplish great things for the Lord Jesus. Let it be said of us, church. It will be said of us one way or another. Let's bow our hearts in prayer this morning. Brother Steve, as you come, and Carla, can we just bow our hearts and our heads for just a moment? Father, would you speak to our hearts this morning? Would you bring us into a closer walk with God? Thank you for the Spirit of God this morning. Thank you for, thank you for your Holy Spirit. God, have your work, your sovereign, perfect work in every life. And Lord, we'll give you the glory for it all. May we be pleasing to you. It is our heart's prayer this morning. In Christ's name, amen. Church, let's stand on our feet. Page 275.
As we sing, I surrender all this morning. I want to encourage you, if you've never been saved, would you just step out in faith and come? Just don't worry about singing. You just come. You come right now. If God's leading you to this place to unite with this church to serve Him, just come. Just come. I look forward to seeing you back tonight um, at 5.30 as our student ministry and uh, we have adult Bible study and then we're back in here at 6.30. Uh, I get the opportunity to be with the uh, uh, the large group time with the, with the younger folks tonight and Brother Bates is going to fill the pulpit for me and he may even wear them Liberty overalls back tonight. I love them, brother. I like that. Uh, but y'all pray for Brother Bates and thank you, brother, for uh, filling in for me tonight um let's see uh, jesse told me to announce children's church will be picking back up i think she said next week ages four to seven uh, so y'all be in prayer for that i'm sure if you want to help out if you'll contact jesse she will find you something to do uh we got a in the fellowship hall the, the side door that opens up directly over here in the back to the uh, children's playground that door is kind of messed up so you might want to avoid that uh, but other than that, I pray you have a great day in the Lord, and I look forward to seeing you back uh, tonight. Is there anything we need to be made aware of before we dismiss? That is a new year, yep. we have communion. That's right. Kick off the new year next Sunday, and we'll have uh, the Lord's Supper communion. All right. Brother Steve, would you dismiss us this morning? Father, again, we thank you for this message of your God that uh, those who have instilled in our hearts and our minds to see you. Thank you for our church, what it means to our community.